0: Today, no parting of the Red Sea, no uh, plagues, uh, no burning bushes, no water out of a rock, uh, no bread from the sky. Today, we will not see any glory clouds. There'll be no great battle. Today, we are in Ruth at the time of the judges. And in its beauty, we see in Ruth a panoramic view of God's story that leads us to Jesus Christ. It's really amazing. Elimelech takes Naomi as his wife. And they flee to Moab. And we see within that relationship when he dies that Naomi is sort of a picture of a, a type of Israel who loses, isn't cut off from having a relationship. And who has two sons and they, and, and you, you know the story of, of Israel where they're split in two with Judah and now they both uh, die and so now uh we see that that's a a type of what we see a type of Israel as well and a type of Judah uh And then Ruth who's a a Moabite and she has no way and she's sort of a type of a church that has no way of having a relationship with God. But then there is Boaz who is a type of savior and as she goes back because of her blood she can't be in. She has no way of having a relationship with God because of Boaz is a type of savior. It's a beautiful story. For us, a picture, there's this picture of what we need to know about God's story. That's why we're going through the Bible. So we'll start right there because there is a, there's a famine that arose. The famine arose in Israel and they are running for their lives. Right there in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, verse 1. In the days when the judges ruled There was a famine in the land, and a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. That's just southeast of Judah. And the name of the man was Elimelech, which means, my God is king. That's what Elimelech means. And the name of his wife was Naomi, and her name means pleasant. And, uh, and the names of their two sons were Mahan and Chilion. And their names mean sick and pining, by the way. Those two names right there, sick and pining. Um, I'll just leave it there, all right? Because I have two sons and I won't comment on any of that at this point. And they were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah... And they went into the country of Moab and they remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died. And she was left with her two sons. And these two sons, sick and pining, they took sons, they took wives, and the name of the one was Orpah, which, by the way, means stubborn. And the name of the other was Ruth. Ruth whose the, the name of the book is after, Ruth, her, her name means friendship. And they lived there about 10 years, and Malon and Chilion died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Now, the husband, you might say, he was older, and, and, and he was up in years. So that might be one thing. But now, uh, two sons. It's just almost too much to bear. Here is Naomi. She's lost everything. Folks, in this world, stuff happens. Stuff happens. And I think we all find it hard. And Naomi had to be in this place where she had to find it hard to find God in the middle of this. Here they are in Moab and she is probably having a difficult time processing. Where is God? Where can I find God? Have you ever turned on the news and thought the same thing? Have you ever been to a family gathering and thought the same thing? Have you ever thought that in your life after receiving a diagnosis? Or having an issue or lost a job and gone. Where in the world is God right now? We find it hard to find God in a broken world. So I think a lot of us ask this question. Well, what's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, they probably thought that when they were leaving to go to Moab, there was a famine. They were running for their lives to find something to eat. And they were looking to survive. And they, yeah, we, we think of that, well, hey, what's the worst thing that could happen? Couldn't get any worse than this, let's go down there. Let's go to Moab. And this about as bad as it gets, folks, loses her husband and then loses both of her sons. They uproot everything And then both the sons die. In fact, in verse 21, Naomi says this. She says, I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? Remember, that means pleasant. Because she had become so bitter. She was not pleasant anymore. She was bitter. She says, why call me Naomi, but now, when the Lord has testified against me. You know what? You can go through some stuff in your life. And you think, oh, this is the worst thing in the world. You think, oh, man, this is awful. That's what, that's what this family thought. Oh, man, this, this is awful. This horrible famine. There's a horrible famine. It, 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 could it get any worse? We gotta go. And now she's saying that when we came into Moab, man, we didn't know how good we had it. I came in full and I'm going back empty because I've lost everything. We get so worked up about stuff that doesn't really matter that much. Here is a situation where she is reminded how many things we take for granted. It's true for all of us. We take so many things for granted. And all three of them have gone through death. So now you have Naomi, and then you have Orpa, and you have Ruth. Now the two wives of the of the of the boys they are Moabites and here they are languishing in Moab you ever notice this how our pain brings people together you can kind of get together with people And and, and how pain brings people and you can talk to one another. And and this pain, it was sort of a secret fraternity for them. They, They were the three people this death had brought them together. You know, they ever notice that about pain in your life? How whenever you go through something, it's like a fraternity. You become brothers and sisters. You feel and you relate to each other. The grocery store is not the same as it used to be. After you go through loss. I remember that when I, I, would, I, go, I would go to the grocery store after we lost a, 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 a child at stillbirth. And I remember I would hear people at the grocery store complaining about their children. And I would think, what is wrong with you? Why are you sweating the small stuff right now? Some of you know what that's like. You know what it's like when you go through something really hard and you're around other people. And whenever you're around other people, and they're just whining and moaning about stuff that's just not that important. We do that. That's what's happening here. Naomi is realizing how grateful she was. These three women had cried together. They had buried together. They had become bitter together Things were not the same. So Naomi says, this is it. I'm going to quit. Got to split. I'm out. I got to go back. Got to go back. And she even says right there in front of all of them, she says, uh, "She says, hey, look, man, you, Ruth and Orpah, you guys stay here. My clock is up. I mean, I'm not going to find a husband. I got to go back. You guys stay here. You can find husbands. You're young. You can do this. And, and, and you guys stay here because my clock is up. My time is up. I can't have kids. My, this is, I just need to go back to Bethlehem. Have you ever joined a club that you don't want to be a part of? Have you? You know, I, the last couple of years, I don't know why in the world I'm getting this, but I'm getting these letters from AARP. I do not understand why these people are sending me this stuff. Why am I getting these these letters? I am only 45 years old. I'm just kidding. No, I'm a lot older than that. I know. No, I'm getting these. And I'm like, I don't want to be a part of AARP. I I, I don't want to do it. I'm not old enough yet. Now, I joke about that. But have you ever joined pain that fraternity or sorority of pain like for example I have cancer maybe it is today that you've lived through the loss of a job maybe it is that you've lost family I know that for example my wife is a part of a a club that she doesn't really want to be a part of. She thought she might be a little too young, wasn't expecting it, but she lost both her parents in one year. And now she doesn't have parents. And she really doesn't care to be a part of that club. She doesn't really want that. But you know what? That's what it is. And maybe some of you here are in the same boat. You're a part of a club that you did not want to join. One of the most beautiful things, and it's hard to relate, since I've been at this church was Night to Shine. You have this event where it's a night like prom night, you're trying to do for people that are 14 and older to give them a night to try to, to make something special to let them know that they are special and that they are loved. And it was great. I mean, it, it really was. It was great. We transformed kind of the lobby out here and the rest of the building, too, and tried to give parents a night. And it's hard for me to talk about it because I am so blessed as a dad with a son that has special needs to have you guys who constantly have lavished on us, you know, encouragement and love and support in the middle of our journey that's like that. So I, I get something, and I get emotional because so many parents, I talk to so many parents who don't have what I have. I'm spoiled. Sherry and I are spoiled because we have you guys And we have many friends who love us so well. But there are so many people who don't have that. They're walking in a journey that's very hard. Very, very difficult. They're lonely. They're, They're mostly, people roll their eyes at them. They roll their eyes at their kids. It's a constant wrestling to raise their kids, they don't know how to do it. I had three typical kids. And then we had one with special needs. That was hard for Sherry and I. you You know, the whole old dogs, new tricks. It's hard, it was hard for us. We'd kind of gotten used to these kids, then you kind of, they just go. And our youngest is different. And I say that because it's hard. And I know for some of you, maybe that's not your club. Maybe that's not what you're dealing with. But I know that you may have some things in your life that are very difficult, that you can't find God. But I want you to know something. And this is true. God knows what time it is. you know that? God knows what time it is. You might have forgotten that. You might have found it hard to find God in your life. But I want you to know, God knows what time it is. God knows. God knows what time it is. He knew what time it was with Naomi, and he knows today. He knows about what happened in your life. He does. He knows what your bank balance is. God knows. He knows what happened when you were young. He knows the worst thing that has ever happened to you. God knows that. God knows the mistake, that worst mistake you ever made. God knows the stuff that happened in your family. He knows where you went wrong. He knows, God knows, he's not surprised by any of it. Because Ruth teaches us that what we're looking at, this story, is that nothing surprises God. You know, all this stuff that happens in our life, nothing surprises God. Nothing just happens. Nothing just happens in this world. Because God knows what's going on. In verse 16, but Ruth said to Naomi, those famous words. And so Ruth Uh, Naomi says I'm out I'm leaving I'm going back to Bethlehem you you Ruth and Orpah you guys stay here and so uh, Naomi says you guys stay here and uh, Orpah it didn't take much she said oh yeah I'll stay here and Ruth said no I'm going to go with you and so look at verse 16 but Ruth said these famous words we use these at weddings and everything these are beautiful words Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you, Naomi. This is Ruth talking to her mother-in-law. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God shall be my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And then Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, and she said no more. Here's this young Moabite woman, Ruth, and she makes a decision. I want you to know something today, especially you students. Listen to me on this. This is so important. Someone once said, decision determines destiny. There are so many decisions that you make every weekend, every day. And so many times you think that these are small decisions, they won't have any kind of consequence. Here's all this pain, here's what they're walking through, and Ruth decides, and she wants to go with Naomi to Bethlehem. And so she makes this decision. Another way to put this is history is made whenever you make a decision. I had a coach who always said this. You have a choice in the decisions that you make, but you do not have a choice over the consequences those decisions bring. Decision determines destiny. And here is Ruth making this decision. I will go with you. Determined, I will go with you. Students, you can't get to Fort Wayne By going west on 30. Some of you want to be, and you want God to fulfill everything He created you for. He and some of you are asking Him, straighten out my life, Lord. Decisions are important. Here's what seems to us is this small decision. Here is a young widow going with an older widow back, and it seems like it's just this decision. And you hear her heart behind it. I want to encourage you also, as you make these decisions, nothing just happens. Naomi and Ruth returned, verse 22. So Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. And that's good news. Because here she is, and they go, and as you have maybe heard the story or read the story, she gleans, which means that she's kind of looking for the leftovers out in the field. Uh, they've already harvested, and, and she's kind of picking up the pieces, and, and uh, she's really taking care of Naomi. And guess what? Guess what happens? Her kindness towards Naomi gets somebody's attention, and his name is Boaz. She see, he sees in her someone who's extraordinary in how she is loving Naomi and what kind of a person is this. Her kindness gets his attention. And then, listen, this guy is a gentleman. He is gentleman. I think we're losing it, folks. We're losing it in our culture. Guys, you want to be a gentleman? you got to be gentle. One of the fruits of the Spirit is gentleness gentleness he's gentle with her and he covers her he does the right things in the right way he's a gentleman he returns the kindness he's a gentleman I I think you know if you you're struggling in your marriage hey here's some advice be a little bit more gentle with your wife be a little bit more gentle and kind with one another. And she gets his attention and he gets her attention because she sees how generous he is and everything. And and so they're, they're attracted to one another, of course, in this story. And he is kind. So Boaz took Ruth and the Lord gave her a child and she bore a son. They get married. And the, and the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. And may his name be renowned in Israel. Now, I was not going to read all of this, but I've got to read this to you because there's some stuff in here you've got to know. All right? Buckle up with me just a little bit. Give me just a minute. In verse uh, 15 in chapter 4, He, sh- he shall be to you Here is the women saying about Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. Uh, Hey, 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 y'all remember back. Remember, got to remember back. I'm too old. Y'all go ahead. Y'all go ahead. My day's up. And then she says, Verse fifteen: He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons. Now, y'all got to know that what that means in this culture. This child and this relationship has been to her. These people around her, are like, man, it's like like you have like more than like seven sons. This right here, what God has done? Look at this. More than seven sons has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and lay him on her lap and became his nurse. Wow. And the woman of the neighborhood gave him a name saying, all the people, they gave him a nickname. And they said, Let's call him a son has been born to Naomi. Think about that. She's the one who said, hey, my time's up. It's done for me. Y'all stay here. I'm going back. And God did this. And they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse. The father of David. What? Holy cow. 14 generations from Adam to Abraham. 14 generations from Abraham all the way up to David. 14 generations all the way up. All through the Bible, we see this story of what God is doing. But this twist is simply amazing that God in the book of Matthew, in the God's word, Ruth is mentioned in the lineage of Jesus because she is the great, great grandmother. Ruth is the great, great grandmother of David, of whom the Messiah will be born. And so today, here's the thing. Behind the scenes, God is working. Now, Listen to me in this, okay? Could that be true of you? That behind the scenes, God is working in your life. I mean, think about all these stories like Abram, and who becomes Abraham, who doesn't know what's going on in his old age. What? How is this going to happen? And God blessed them. Think about, jo- when, you, when you think about somebody like Joseph, for example, And you think about his life, like, oh, he has all these dreams, and like, oh, he's sold into slavery. And then all at once, it's like, wow, look at him. He's risen to the top. Oh, he's been in prison. Oh, at any point, all of these folks could have given up. Look at Moses, for example. He's raised in Egypt and everything, but then he's on the backside of the desert. It's like 40 years, man. It's a long time. He's out there just counting sheep and doing all that stuff. And God calls him. I want to encourage you, behind the scenes, God is orchestrating in your life. And I not only believe that he's orchestrating in your life, that God has a way and he makes a way. And I I want you to know to see the eternal. I mentioned this about David and, and then to the line of Jesus because of this. God makes things happen not only for us in our lives here, but for eternity. You understand what God was doing in all of this, that he was making a way. I want to challenge you today and I want to encourage you today that God makes things happen. God used this pivotal moment in history to establish for us this new covenant of which we preach and we talk and we celebrate today. Through all, listen, through all the pain, through all the loss, nothing just happens. God is behind this stream. There's going to be a day when you hear that John McAllister has died Every person in the whole world, all of us, there's a day and a time appointed for us to die. But I don't want you to believe a word of it. I'm going to be more alive on the day I die than any time in my whole life. Because of what Jesus did. And Jesus is from the line of David. And Ruth is a part of that story. I want you to know, God created you. He knows who you are. He's the one that makes a way. Maybe you've given up hope. I want you to trust God. I want you to know that nothing just happens, that God, you might think that all is lost. Trust the Lord. He makes a way. And no matter what happens in our life, I'm learning more and more to not fear even death. Because this isn't my home. And the same for you. Have you trusted Christ? And I want you today to know that. I want you to have that blessed assurance that God. Listen. God's, it's not over till God says it's over. In your life. No matter what you're walking through. And look at this story. If God can use this. He's still on the throne. Trust him. Father, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that you're holy and true. Today, Lord, we turn to you. Father, help us to trust you more today. Help us to put our trust in you so that, Lord, we know that we can rest in you and we can walk in you. Father, help us to trust you completely today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me right now? Let's sing this and make this our declaration this morning. If you need prayer, there'll be folks over at the cross who would love to pray with you. Let's make this our prayer this morning.